You are now listening to the Charity Church Podcast. Well, hello and welcome once again to our post-sermon podcast. And Tom, it is good to be back on American soil doing this podcast. It is good to have you back. Well, we had a good time in Tanzania. I hope you listened to those couple of podcasts we had while we were over there to kind of take a break from this, but to update you on things that are going on in Tanzania. But we are back at it this way uh, this week, just kind of reviewing the message, diving a little bit deeper into that, and uh, back to Tom and myself. Yes, sir. So welcome. I will say real quick about last week's podcast, man, with you and Sean, that was that was pretty intense. Hopefully people... Oh, that was a week before last, week yeah. before. Hopefully people listen to that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was an intense um, experience. And I think in the podcast, it was late at night, and I might have mentioned that on the podcast. We were a little bit... Y'all were um, giddy. We were giddy. We were overwhelmed. We were still processing everything that had taken place over there. And so uh, I hope that those who listened didn't think that we made too light of it because we by no means were making light of that situation because it was just, it was heavy. And when something's heavy, you just don't know exactly how to process it. So uh, yeah, go back and listen to that one. And then last week we talked with Michael Titus, who is over J Life Tanzania. So that was a good, good discussion as well. But this week we are reviewing the message this past week as we're in a two-part series entitled Words count. So I'm just curious, how many people raised their hand when you asked uh, who plays Wordle? Because I know I do every day. Not many, not many, but there's a few, there's probably people out there that they're just afraid to admit it. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not either. I'm not afraid to admit this. I'm I'm a little ashamed, but still not afraid. It took me six tries this morning. I didn't try it yet, so don't tell me what it is. I'll I'll try it later on. Uh, Six tries, man. Yeah. 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 I'll give that a shot. But yeah, we kind of, Luke did a fantastic job of making our little intro video that uh, made it look like someone was playing an actual game of yeah. Wordle. Uh, and then we got down to the titler, Words Count. And they do. And and so this past week, we were just kind of diving into Ephesians chapter 4, uh, verses 29 and 30. And I'll just read over that where Paul writes, let no corrupting talk Come out of your mouths, but only such as good for building up as it fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And uh, that's verse 29. It's kind of where we camped out, but we only looked at the first part of that. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths. That is not easy. No, it's not easy. Um, And we can flesh that out. But one of the things I thought was interesting in your message was when you gave a brief context of what came before it. So, mm. so not only is he talking about let no corrupting talk and the damage that comes from that, which you did a good job of explaining, but right before that, he's talking about, you know, our new selves. And because of our new selves, we're, we're not to lie. We're not to steal. I mean, like we would all agree. Yeah. Those are bad things. Mm-hmm. We don't really think about it when it comes to the words we use. No, because for for most of us, we think all of our words count and are of value, mm-hmm. but they're not. That's they're right. They're not. I don't know if you knew. Um, maybe you did. I'm going to assume you did since you're Dr. Payton. But you're, um, you know, your bottom line was before you speak, remember what a word or no, 
well, your yeah. bottom line was before you speak, remember what a word from you can do. From you can do. But there's a quote that you said, and if you claim to be a follower of Jesus, talk like it. Mm-hmm. And so when I went back and I was reading Ephesians four, uh, it was fascinating to me just the way that Paul sets it up by saying, um, "Walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called." Yeah, like our lives, if we're followers of Christ, should look like Him including our words. Wow. So not just walk, but talk, talk that's in it. a manner that that's is right. worthy of the calling. And so, you know, as we as we kind of dive into this a little bit deeper today, uh, there's conversations that we have, and I have had numerous people talk to me about how much the message really impacted them. And numerous people between services, after service, during the week, I've gotten text messages, I've gotten conversations of people that just say, you know, it's so easy for when we come in from work or when we have a bad day or things just aren't going well, or maybe our spouse or our kids or whoever has a bad day, it is so easy for a conversation to spiral out of control and become corrupt. And become as I I, lo- I still love the word repugnant, yeah, because it describes that that fruit that mm. that that rotten fruit that comes out of our mouths. You mm. ever have that with Leah? Never in twenty three <laughs> years. Are you kidding me? You know what's funny? You said that, and I'm just thinking about my own life, and obviously with Leah more so than anybody. But almost every single time that that conversation starts spiraling out of control. I can recognize what's happening. Yeah. But what's sad is how often you don't hit the brakes right. and stop it. Because we feel like they're useful. They need to hear our words. Yeah. They, they need to hear my what I'm thinking. We think they're useful, but what is the Greek word you use? Sapros. Sapros. They're not useful, they're useless. Yeah. 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 They're no value to the hearer. They're they may be what we would call value to us because we just feel like we need to just get it off of our chest. Mm-hmm. That's not a good way to live mm-hmm. in, in our relationships. And the, the scale that, uh, that I had, and, and, and I'd, I'd seen someone use those balancing scales before for something, and I thought, well, this, this really depicts the weight of our words and good business practices, you know, uh, according to that study that I, that I uh, that I quoted, good business practices try to create an environment in the workplace of a five to one scale, mm-hmm. five positive words to one negative <clears throat> word. We never get that completely right, but it does create a different work environment. I was just thinking about the power of words and you're talking about business. One of the greatest, I guess, business principles my dad taught me early on when I got into management, he says, you know, there there are power behind your words. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, always praise in public, criticize in private. Yeah, you for know? sure. That's really good. That's a good word. Very, very good word. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. But, the, but I think in, in businesses, and, and not just business, but in all of our relationships, I didn't really dive into this, but, but I believe that gossip mm. is very corrupting. And, you know, it, it, we can... We can kind of stereotype certain people around gossip, but we're all guilty of it to some level of another. Mm-hmm. And 
in the business world and in your family life and in your relationships and especially in church, gossip is very corrupting. Mm-hmm. It causes a rotting, causes a rotting to take place. It does, and I'm actually reading a book right now, just doing some research for upcoming message, and uh, it's called "Don't Give Up" by mm-hmm. Kyle Eidelman. And uh, one of the things, and this is a paraphrase, but he said, "You can always tell when somebody is getting ready to leave something. Um, just take for a job mm-hmm. when." gossip starts, mm. when it's constant negativity. Um, and I don't know why as people, you know, we can't just leave, for instance, yeah. why there is this um, deep down desire to to cause division on our way out. Yeah. Which is, we should right. never cause division. No, no. Because God hates division. Right. He so. does. He does. And and I always, you know, have heard, and, and I believe this is a great practice, that in the in the chain of command in in business, mm-hmm. uh, compliments go down the ladder, complaints go up the ladder. Right. So if you have a complaint, you don't complain to a coworker who can That's do right. nothing about it. You don't complain to a subordinate who can do nothing about it. Complaints go up the chain of command. Right. And compliments always go down the chain of command, right. you know, heavier so that, that you keep a, an environment in the workplace that is not corrupt. That's right. Um, well, it's just so if I have an issue, um, I need to come to you with that issue. Right. I don't need to go to Lucas. Right. And, you know, the scary thing is, you know, let's say I go to Lucas up here. Well, he might be in a great frame of mind. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, I go to him, and I introduce this bad seed that he never that thought he about. never thought about. That's right. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. So totally and makes especially sense. if you're complaining about the boss, his dad. Yeah, his dad. <laughs> he can load you up on That's complaints exactly about right. me. I'm sure. And uh, but yeah, exactly. And so uh, that is a that is a form of this corrupting talk that. We get caught up in so easily in this gossip of the the water cooler talk right. around around the office, and it's easy. And then slander—that's what it quickly moves into. You start to slander somebody who's not there to defend themselves. I just wonder how many good teams have been destroyed because of that. Yeah, how many good marriages? Right, instead of sitting down and having a tough conversation with your spouse. Yeah. What do we typically do? We mm-hmm. go and we find people who are going to affirm our feelings. Yeah. Right. As opposed to maybe I come to you and I'm like, Marty, I need to talk to you as a pastor and I've got this issue and it's driving me crazy. I know that you're going to speak truth to me, not just affirm my feelings. Mm-hmm. Right. And if, if all we do is go to people who affirm our feelings, right. nothing gets we're fixed. Gonna, yeah. We're not going to get any better. That's right. Yeah. So next week, this coming Sunday, we're going to be talking about those uh, words that build up. See, that was, uh, it's, it, I, I didn't it even know I was up. plugging it. Put put it up on the T for me. That's it. Speaking of T's. What are we playing? I don't know. We need to. <laughs> I need to beat you again. Well, um, you will. <laughs> so you were, you were bringing up earlier before we started, uh, James 119. Mm-hmm. And uh, do you want to read that? Sure. It Not says, I got it. Uh, be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Oh. And, and and so when it comes to corrupting talk, that that's it right there. It's that idea of let us be quick 
to hear and slow to speak. Mm-hmm. But your, we're just your the grandparents ever tell you, Marty, you've been given two ears and one mouth. Oh yeah, there, there's a reason. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Because usually what we're doing is when when you come to me and you say something, maybe criticism or maybe it's something that you need to share with me. What I end up doing is when the first few words come out of your mouth, I begin then to formulate my defense. Your answer. Yeah. 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 I've got to go to defense. And so we are quick to speak and we are slow to hear most of the Mm -hmm. time. I did a, I did a class. I think it was an aspect of the class on being a good listener in seminary and the, the ex, the mental exercises of listening were very difficult. What, what's the saying, the difference between listening to hear and listening to respond? Yeah. Right? Is that the way it's said? It's something but, like that. Yeah, I, but yeah. I think, you know, it's what you just alluded to. Most of the time we listen to respond yeah. where we're not even hearing all of it. We're hearing enough to formulate our answer. Right. And that's why we forget people's names when we're yeah. introduced to them. That's right. We forget them because we're already thinking about what am I going to say? What am I going to ask? What am I going to do? Man, that's a good point, Mike. <laughs> Thanks, Charles. <laughs> and so, uh, but but James is so wise in that. Mm-hmm. Let every person, every person be quick to hear. So take the moment to hear what the other person is saying. And then let's be slow to speak because it's those, it's, it's when we're quick to speak that we tend to say something and the person, you know, Tracy and I've had these conversations where she'll say something and I'll respond out of defense and she'll just look at me and she'll go, that's not even what I was talking about. Right. <laughs> and you just dug yourself just, a hole oh, that Lord, didn't. Why yeah. I say that? <laughs> yeah, I've never had that. I should have happen. listened and asked a question for clarification. Absolutely. A little bit more. Now, what exactly do you mean by that? Nope. <laughs> so, yeah, confession time here with Tom and Marty. And so, yeah, it's a, so as we think about that, um, I asked a few questions as we got got down to the end there, where are your words out of balance? And I think that probably if we're all honest, if you're married or if you have kids in your home life, our words get way out of balance. Mm-hmm. Well, absolutely. I know we've been focusing on our spouses, but when I was thinking about your message, you know, your kids are grown and all have their own families mine are grown and we're about to be empty nesters. And I just thought back to how good of a job did we do with them growing up Mm -hmm. because they hear everything we say. Yeah. You remember that, um, I think it's casting crown song and it gives me chills every time. Be careful little lips, what you, or be careful lips, what you say, whatever, because you want to sing it for us. No, thank you. We want people to listen to the podcast. <laughs> thank you. Didn't know uh, if that was. Yeah, but you be down. careful where you go because the little feet are surely going to follow. Yeah. Be careful what you say because the lips are going to repeat. Mm-hmm. Man, they hear everything we say. Um, they're sponges. They repeat it. And that is that's that's a great analogy because whenever you have children and they start to get to that age where they're starting to mimic and mock and or, you know copy everything you say and do. How careful were you raising oh, your girls about what was on TV right. and the words that you said? That's right. And there were things like, you know, and we've had people in the service, you know, have their kids in there and I'll say, I'll use the word stupid. Right. 
uh, flippantly. And I've had parents come up to me afterwards and said, you know, we don't say stupid in our home. And my kids were in the service. I had two responses. First of all, sorry. And number two, that's why we have kids church. They don't yeah, use stupid right. over there. That's right. <laughs> so, um, but, but we we're so careful about the words we use because we do know the power and the, the, the potential for our kids repeating that. Mm-hmm. What if that was just the way we lived all the time? Right. And we really felt the weight of the negative words that we use in, a, in, in light of maybe our children or maybe someone that we love and didn't want to hurt. Mm. Well, but that's not the way we do it. No, it's not. But I, I don't know. Over the last few years, I've been wrestling with not just in the house, but I mean, you know, it says... Uh, in that James 1, 19, um, that we're to produce the righteousness of God. And so sometimes, for me at mm. least, I think it's easy that, yes, I want to I produce the righteousness of God when I'm at home in front of my little girls, in front of my wife. But do I really care about that when I'm at the golf course with the boys? Right. Oh. Right, with the jokes that are told. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, just over the last few years, I've really wrestled with, that should be all the time. Yeah. You know? And when you when you read that verse, and so that it would what, read it again. What about the righteous? That were to produce the producing the righteousness mm-hmm. of God, and what we tend to want to do with our words, and this is what makes them corrupting. We want to create a laughter, some mm-hmm. type of response that's affirming to us. We want to create maybe some kind of a religious um, ideology out of the person. We just want them to agree with us, or we want to create a Republican or a Democrat based upon the words that we use. And we're more interested in producing what we want out of the person hmm. rather than what God wants out of the person. I'm, I may be using that text since you brought it up today. Uh, that may show up somewhere hmm. on Sunday, just so you know. Good deal. As I'm honing in this next message. Let's go. We're doing message there. prep right, right now, now on the man, podcast. It's, it's, the juices are flowing and uh, yeah, so where can you avoid some corrupting words? Where are some places? I asked that question, and I think the list is about infinite. It's everywhere you go. Mm. And your question number two, I, I know I've already alluded to this in a previous podcast, but I definitely thought about it. How are your relationships affected by your corrupting talk? And uh, corrupting just being. Uh, the word you use, repugnant, repugnant right? Yeah, yeah, I said something. I told you this, that uh, just early on in our marriage, I said something to Leah that were almost two decades ago that still cut deep to mm-hmm. this day. My gosh. So yeah. when you were talking about words have power, I almost channeled my inner Miss Libby and said, amen, amen. <laughs> <laughs> we know it. We know it, especially, like I said, when we were on the receiving end of it. Absolutely. We realized the weight of our words and, and in, where we can avoid them is if we start just right at home with one person, just one person trying to get that in balance, trying to trade the, the three to one that we tend to do with the negativity versus mm-hmm. the positivity, trade that in to the five to one. And I love the way the scales went man, totally out of balance, you know. Uh, you put three on the negative <laughs> and it just slammed oh, down. Man, it almost went to the floor, yeah. yeah. Um, because they, are, they do carry so much weight. And uh, we just don't, I have no idea what a, we just don't have any idea what a word from us really can do. Well, there's something you said that I thought was powerful that 
Uh, you don't remember something that you said five minutes ago, but you remember something that was said to you five years yeah. ago. And yeah. and again, I thought the weight that it carries, transfer that to business. You know, you do something good for somebody, they there's a good chance they won't tell anybody. Mm. You do somebody wrong, they're going to tell They'll everybody. Tell all. That's, That's it. exactly right. So so much more difficult to give a compliment than it is to register a complaint. Mm. We like to do that. So, well, listen, it's been a good chat. And uh, hopefully as we go out through the rest of this week, I know we're recording this late in the week, but um, as you go about the rest of the week and into next week, thinking about the weight of your words and how they do have the power of life and death. I mean, according to the writer of Proverbs, mm -hmm. they carry a lot of weight. So what's your plug for this week? What's my plug for this week? My plug for this week is that it's going to be very uplifting. We are going to learn how to have encouraging talk and talk about where we can apply and how we can apply the five to one ratio. Nice. Uh, and so hopefully some good things to consider this week as we talk about what that looks like and sounds like in our everyday conversation. So hope you'll be here Sunday and uh, join us for part two of Words Count. Thanks for listening to Tom and myself, and we will chat with you again next week. See you later.